this is a getting rid of day, is what you're saying. Well, it's kind of a getting rid of era. So, where do I fall on that list of things <laughs> to get rid of? I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. I, I just would like fall. to know. It would be nice to have a little time to prepare ah, ham and eggs. emotionally uh, for what's coming, inevitably. <sighs> Because, you know, guys like me, we can't just sit around all day going, It's 9.22 a.m. Saturday, February the 11th, 2023. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. The Bill and Diane Show. And Associates. Why does February have to be so difficult to say? February. It's perfectly easy. Okay. Anyway, it is February, the month of my birth. The month that is the deadest, darkest, most skeletal month. I know, it looks pretty bright and sunny out there today. Yeah, we've had some sunny days this week, that's true. Lots of beautiful clouds and I shouldn't throw February out with the bathwater. Yeah, do not. I'm sorry. And I actually love February. You love it? I do. Come on, Diane. Nobody loves February. I love all the months for different things. I see. Well, there you go then. There you go with the candlelight and the lovely little bits and flicks and flowers around the place. I'm waiting for you to expound on something. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> or to well, go off on I some talk, silly ramble. I could talk about the week. I could talk about that it's been a, it's been a rambunctious and a, uh, it's been a fruitful and cornucopia-like week. It's been a smorgasbord of a week. It's been a, it's been a quiet, desperate. Uh, plea for help of a week it's been a <laughs> it's been a confident smackdown take no prisoners kind of week wow all yeah. of those things all those it's been a it's been a rich variety of things this week and uh, tell us all about it over to you well yeah i think the there were several notable things there about were, this week there were diane yes um one was that we got to talk to your Cousins, I mean, yes. uh, I a, think you can claim them as cousins. Well, in every yes, sense they're, of the word. they're cousins. I don't know what Annie was talking about. I, this, uh, this double cousin thing, I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying it. I mean, she's smart. She's probably smarter than you and I put together. But this double cousin thing, I don't know. You ever heard of double cousins? I haven't heard of double cousins. Well, but I mean, anyone would know. She's probably done the research. She's the one who put together the list of the people and our relatives that came over on the Mayflower. That she was. She tracked them back. It was a, a great Zoom call. Yes, we had. Well, I mean, they had come to the poetry break on Tuesday night, which was which was event enough. It was Annie and Robert and Eric and Nora. Because Annie and Robert are down in Tucson visiting Eric and Nora. Eric and Annie are my cousins. And uh, their mother, Mary Lee Landerholm, 
was my mother's cousin. And they were very close. And my mother had no siblings, so her cousins, Mary Lee and John, were her, were her siblings, or the closest she had to them. So that's a long story going back, you know, 87 years or so. But I've always really liked my cousins. They're good people. Uh, Eric has been a hero of mine forever, and I've probably been, you know, in love with Annie since she was an infant. <laughs> so, anyway, it was a great, uh, I, we suggested after, after the treehouse that we do a Zoom call. So on Thursday night we did that Zoom call, and it was a, it was a blast. It was very fun. There was Annie and Robert and Eric and Nora sitting around the dining room table, and you and me and our respective pods. It was great. It was great. And the other interesting thing about this week happened from a death. Yes. It was, uh, as many of you may have read, Bert Bacharach uh, died this week at the age of 94. Bert. Baby. And... It led into a really interesting psychological time for me because uh, when I read that he was that he had passed, I haven't thought about Burt Bacharach's music in a long, long time. But I was thinking about how we used to have a Burt Bacharach record, and I thought I'm going to listen to that record, and I was making dinner at the time and uh, cooking, so I thought this would be fun to listen to while I'm doing this. And I didn't expect what happened when I started listening to that music again. Um, One of the things that's so interesting to me about music in general, songs, music, is that it really is uh, the closest we ever have to time travel in my mind because there's something about listening to music from a different time that just transports you in your head to that time. And in your body, you feel like you are that age again. There's some yeah. part of you that's that's tethered back there, and uh, it's, there's this little bridge built from then to now. The odd thing about Burt Bacharach's music, though, that it was that... It, it wasn't that it was, you know how a lot of times there's a specific song that you really loved and it transports you to a specific situation about that song. Like maybe you had a crush on a, on an old flame and, and it carries you back to that moment that you were thinking about that person that you can associate certain songs with people. But with Burt Bacharach's music, it was an era that came back to at least a decade yeah because that music was so ubiquitous in in the the culture at that time and it was affecting so many things it was affecting soundtracks and elevator music and you know all these things that it just transported me to this time and I, I was not expecting that when I was listening to the album. So uh, that, interestingly, we had 
let's see, before that happened, just watched a movie from the 1960s, uh, because Burt Backrack, when I'm saying that we were transported back to a time, it was the 1960s yeah. through, yeah. Yeah, 1960s, I would say. And I had been talking to my friend Silverius, who's 30, in his 30s, um, about uh, the movie, The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming. It's always been a movie that I love to talk about because it shows, and it's, it's a, a comedy and a wonderful comedy, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. But it shows through its sneaky way that what you need to do is be curious about people and not to just have a block of people, say, the Russians. And uh, I just felt like it was a brilliant movie on so many uh, so many levels so I had been talking to him about that and so I just longed to see it again I have seen it many times since my youth because I loved it so much but it's been I don't know at least a decade since we watched it I think and thoroughly enjoyed watching it again I mean, thoroughly. I, I saw things in it this time that I'd never seen before, including that they had sweat on the, the faces of the, the actors who were playing Russians who were stranded on this island and, and knew that they were in, in trouble. I had never noticed that they had sweat on those people's faces. Well, there was sweat on a lot of people's faces. Well... I don't know. Maybe I saw it's just sweat on Brian Keith. I saw sweat on Jonathan Winters. I saw. Well, they were all sweating because yeah. it was a complex situation, right? Yeah. Or maybe it was just a hot day. I don't know. Probably a combination of both, but it was a it was a you know, in terms of the the reality contained within the film, uh, it was a very nervous moment for both sides. The it's, other thing that I <laughs> I was very aware of watching that movie was was how crazy I mean that's the whole premise of the movie is showing how all these different people reacted to the same situation uh, and just all these people who were adults supposedly and how they react yeah. and I think that now that I'm an older adult I really uh, got a lot more of a chuckle out of all these different personality types because you see them all the time in your adult years. It's true. So we were already in that kind of time frame in the for the 1960s, and then this uh, blast from the past through Backrack. Did he do the, he I, do the, the, the soundtrack for that movie? No, he did not. Okay. That, that was a brilliant soundtrack to that movie, yeah. too. But when I started thinking about that period of time and how everything was so different, so different than what we are presently in, and it made me think about how you live through these different eras and you have the comparison of those eras. Uh, 
But one night, I mean, when I was talking to you about this, this strange thing that happened to my psychology, that it just took me back to this time, we were listening to some of the songs that we were going to choose. And, uh, and the songs were mostly sung by Dionne Warwick, the, that Burt Bacharach did. Well, those are the ones that got to me uh, the most. That's how I learned of Burt Bacharach as a songwriter, uh, was through Dionne Warwick's music. And then also Herb Alpert, uh, yep. who, was, who was the other ubiquitous performer at the time. From that time, yeah. And I but still the, love Herb Alpert's me music. Too, me too. You know? More than I like uh, um, Burt Bacharach. Burt Bacharach. Yeah, me too. I'm but Burt Bacharach wrote the music. Hal David wrote a lot of the lyrics, most of the lyrics. Well, and that was the other thing that's so interesting about Burt Bacharach, because when I first read that he had died, I was thinking, man, you know, Burt Bacharach had a huge part to play, but it was not all good. <laughs> you know, the, there were a lot of Hal David lyrics that, that were strange and off-putting to someone in this era. Yeah. Back then, it was just taken as a part of the, of that milieu yeah, that moment of history. that generation. But I mean... So, like the, the song that I was thinking is um, one that I had never heard until I watched the movie My Best Friend's Wedding, which is one of my faves of all time. And they have this entry uh, piece that was a Burt... The whole movie is filled with Burt Backrack music right. uh, and songs. But the very first one is this one called Wishing and Hoping that's talking about you know, how a, a woman can get her man by basically um, taking on all the qualities like do your hair just for him... Do the things he the likes to do. Is that the of that movie? Yes. Oh God, God. But and it's really yes. It's wow. such a it's such a, a tongue in cheek thing. Yeah. yeah and they're they're like wishing and yeah, hoping and thinking. You didn't. You never heard that song before. I had never heard that song. Oh my God. But oh, man, it's so demeaning to women. Well, but I mean, it's the visuals that they give you that really establish it. You know. Because the song taken on its own. It's terrible, Bill. <laughs> You're right. It's terrible. <laughs> Sorry. But I mean, I grew up. I do was your a, hair I just a, for him? I was a, do the things a, that he wants to do? Uh, he's a, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was a kid. You know, I was a little kid. And I heard all those songs on a speaker that was no more than an inch big. You know, these were transistor radio songs played on AM radio. That is just where the sound quality is just horrible anyway. And to hear those songs now with fidelity is very different. It's it's like I was almost not recognizing which version was the one I, I remember because I'd never heard any of them sound this good. So. I, don't know. I remember that when I was young, the biggest speakers in our house were this old hi-fi that we had that had three, like, five-inch speakers in the front of it with a little cloth, you know, 
covering on it and it was all wood. God, I wish to God I still had that hi-fi because it was perfect. It was perfect. You know, and if I want to listen to records now, I don't care about stereo separation, you know. I just don't. I just hear the music like I'm used to hearing it, which is mono through a one-inch speaker <laughs> or through one of those those headphones that or those earphones that they used to have. That's little, the way that I had this. skinny wire. That's what you'd use at night when you're laying in bed. I still have a picture that was taken of me in high school where I'm laughing and I have this yellow transistor radio in my hand and the the earphone earphone that you know is the cord going into yeah. my ear and yeah, I, I wish just, I wish the ear that ear thing had the the uh, sound quality of a phone it's not even that good it's not even as good as a tel- you're listening to music over a telephone but that's the way we listen to music back then it's just so it's amazing to be taken back to uh, an, where songs affected you so much, and yet you could barely hear them. Exactly. You know? It just seems <laughs> so odd to me. You know, even be comparing it to when I was in college and stereos first came about, and you know, you actually were hearing really well. Yeah. You know? It's almost like when you were playing that game telephone with the yeah. cans and the string. Right. That's about a, the way That's what it feels like in like. comparison to what we have today. Yeah. So, I don't know. Listening to this little tinny thing and yet yeah. being so transported by it. I oh, know. my God. I know. I know. I remember on Fox Island with Scott Higgins, who had a, had a portable radio. You know, it was big enough to have a handle on the top. So the, the speaker was probably four, four inches, which is, you know, mammoth in those days and uh, we used to I remember listening to Spill the Wine by uh, Eric Burden and uh, you know <laughs> Spill the Wine dig that girl <laughs> I dreamed I was in a Hollywood movie <laughs> and that I was the star of the movie Thought that me, an overfed, long-haired, leaping gnome, <laughs> could be the star of a Hollywood movie. And I'm just kind of like, wow. What was, what, what kind of life was that? What, what sort of alien uh, had taken over the planet to bring about such strangeness? But I loved that song. I loved that song when I was a kid. Because it was so different than anything else I'd ever heard. That's uh, the interesting thing about Burt Bacharach's music <laughs> is that I never chose to have right. Burt Bacharach right. in my he life. He just showed up, and he permeated the culture. You watch that's right a movie from the nineteen sixties. Even if Burt Bacharach didn't do the soundtrack, the the sound of the music is there. He, you know, it became the incidental music of a of a decade. The stuff when you know the couple is walking down the street on that girl or something like that the music underneath that is evocative or evokes Burt Bacharach he re- it really does it was a cultural uh, phenomenon so anyway that's uh, yeah. that was such a, a trip I mm-hmm. mean a literal mind trip uh, to have been on and 
and uh, especially because then we talked about it afterwards. We started listening to some of the music together, and then we uh, I saw on the Dion Warwick song that I was looking at that it was from a collection called Sixties Cocktail Hour. Uh-huh. And so we decided to to see Take what was on that, that yeah. playlist and oh my god. Uh-huh. Truly yeah. a mind trip. Truly. Of Truly. Of, and, 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 and especially kind of on some level it's an embarrassing one. Yeah. Right? You have it to, is. You have to just take that as it happens to everybody and you know it's amazing and look how far we've come and yes all of that but i mean to go back there and to remember your consciousness as a child is a pretty cool thing to be able to do i think well, and, and i think that's what makes mu- music the closest thing i know of to actual magic yeah because it has so many magical qualities to it the way it enters your body and stays there it's like a brain cell you know, and you hear the thing again, and suddenly that whole part of your life lights up again. It's really a magical thing. It is a magical thing. Yeah. Well, and it happens, you read this all the time about music therapy. Oh, yeah. That they go into places where there are uh, people who are catatonic, and they will play music, and the person will start singing yeah. or dancing or... Yeah. Uh, that they're just like, oh my God, this person who was just a vegetable is now an animal again. So, yeah, yeah, it is amazing. But I think that that was what surprised me so much since Burt Bacharach was never something I chose, that it was not something that was truly beloved to me. Yeah. Like the songs that we're going to play, I would say I enjoyed hearing them, but they were not my songs let's uh, right. they were not songs that i just went oh the the song yeah. means so much to me we didn't go out and buy the albums necessarily right. our parents may have right but but we did not because we were children but it was still impactful in that uh we were we were having our first experiences with music impacting our not just our minds but our whole bodies yeah, because back in the 1960s when, um, because I was born in 1956, so, you know, I was a kid in the 1960s, and when we first had music introduced to us, it was whatever your parents were introducing right. you to. Yeah. And for us, it was mostly classical music, soundtracks, Burt Backrack, Nat King Cole, you know, all yeah. these... It's so interesting, the and mix. For me, it was Tennessee Ernie Ford and Glenn Campbell and Tom Jones and uh, the Partridge family. And, you know, that was 1970, sorry. Uh, Petula Clark, uh, you know, those kinds of things. But all played on very small speakers with very, not much fidelity, you know. And, uh, but that was music. And for my brother and I, we didn't hear much out of the classical realm and and a lot of choral music, too. We had a lot of choral music in the house um, until we were in our high school years. And then it was like this world opened up to us, first introduced by Simon and Garfunkel, and then Judy Collins and 
then then we just took yes. off you know there you go you're off and running and then it was music that we chose and listening yeah. to the transistor radio and stuff yeah. but but i i think it's so marvelous that that these things affect you so deeply just as you were saying that it's that it can um light up an entire section of who you are yeah, and that's to my, you and getting your first transistor radio for me, that was a huge thing. It was like a magic box. It was like suddenly I had access to a whole raft of things, from news to sports to you know music. Because yeah. I remember listening to uh, on KVI. They used to have something uh, five nights a week. They had theater of the mind, theater of the mind from seven p.m. to eight p.m. and it was old radio shows, you know, from the forties and. 30s, 40s, and 50s, and then they did some original uh, things too, and it was just, it was magic, you know. I liked it better than having a TV in my room. And my oh, I remember listening to some of the, you know, like the the Shadow Nose, yeah, and, yeah. Oh, the Shadow, I think. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yeah. Uh, that we used to sleep outside sometimes mm-hmm. because it would be really hot in the. Um, Sacramento area where we lived and uh, it was a real exciting thing to sleep out in our sleeping bags and listen to the radio uh, whatever drama they had on there it was good it was a good era even though you know by today's standard it all sucked pardon me I'm going to have another drink of coffee (laughs) all of it the entire culture oh boy was That's good coffee. Screwed up. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that and that culture then had evolved from something probably worse. Yeah, it's you know, true. Undoubtedly worse and provably worse. But uh, here's to evolution. But you've got these little cells in your body that react to those old one-inch speaker songs in a particular kind of way. You know? Worth noting, certainly. Anyway, that's our that's our uh, the, our time trip for for this week. Yeah, and all brought about by remembering Bert Backrack.
You pack your car and ride away I've got lots of friends in San Jose Oh 